Good morning, everyone. Welcome, everyone. It's so good to have you here. Are you glad you're here today? Yes. Amen? Yes. I'm glad to have you here as well. Now, I want you to take your Bibles, please, and turn to the epistle of Jude. We're not going to read it as we did last time, but I hope as we go along, perhaps then, um, I'll have you open your Bible to follow through. Epistle of Jude. This, I believe, is a very timely epistle for us. And uh, it's one that we need to take heed to. We need to be able to understand what the Spirit of God is saying to us in this text. And that's my job, quote unquote, to help you to understand the text. As a preacher, as a pastor, I'm not here to talk politics. I'm not here to talk philosophy, although we will do some of that, or psychology, or sociology, or any other of those kinds of ologies. Bibliology, we're here primarily to instruct you from the Word of God. And the Word of God is needed today, perhaps, now we say this uh, more than any before, any time before, but of course it's always necessary. But we're living in desperate days, extremely desperate days. Are you aware of what's going, around, going on around you? Do you realize what has happened just recently? What is the most significant event that just happened recently? Now I can hear some of you all, Michael Jackson died. <laughs> no, that was not the most significant event to happen in the past week or so. One of the most significant events to occur was the Pope making an official statement, as we'd say, in an encyclical, one of the most authoritative statements that the Pope can make. And remember, he represents over one billion people on the comet. He says, we need to establish a one world authority We need to establish an authority that will govern our financial affairs, one world economy. Now, if you didn't get that, you missed one of the most significant statements to be made concerning prophecy ever. Are you aware of it? No. Michael Jackson was on the air. <laughs> but that's where we've come to. You'll sit there, we'll sit there and watch for hours. And that doesn't mean one thing, nothing. But yet, something which was prophesied for thousands of years occurs. And some Christians don't even know what happened. That remains, reminds me of what Jesus said when he rode into Jerusalem and he wept over the city. Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, if only you would have recognized the day. The day. What day? The day that he would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey and present himself as Messiah. It was prophesied for thousands of years before in the scriptures, but they missed it. 
Christians are living like that today because they're ignorant of the Bible, the Word of God. And we just miss the significant events because we know the Scriptures. And I believe if Jesus were to ride in on the bends, city of Nassau, he'd weep over it. Because we do not know the Scriptures, the Word of God. We don't know what's happening around us. Jude points us to things that are happening right now, written hundreds of years before, 2,000 years. But he's writing about things that are happening right now. And I say to people, well, so even you can get out of Jude. How long can you stay in Jude? Only got 23 chapters, you only down to six so far. Third? Verses, thank you. At least you catch him. One verse, verse six, I think, verse seven. It's packed with truth. But you don't want to hear it. Now, I'm saying this with sadness. I wonder if we are where the Hebrews were when the author who wrote to the Hebrews said you're dull of hearing and I cannot present any further. But I'm glad what he did, although he said that, you know what happened when he did, he still went on and taught anyway. So that's what we're going to do as well. Last time in our fourth message from the book of Jude, we saw God's judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah from a biblical perspective, which underlined the fact that the unchecked moral, social, and religious corruption that plagues society are symptoms, now listen carefully to this, they are symptoms or products of God's judgment already passed upon society as a whole. And they're not judgment itself, but it's evidence that the judgment has already been passed. And this is what happens to a society that has abandoned and rejected God for immorality, materialism, and secularism. These aspects are not the judgment itself, but rather an evidence or manifestations of a universal judgment already executed upon those who reject God, turn away from God, and refuse to worship God. They're living in a universal experience of the wrath of God already poured out. You understand what I'm saying? These things are not the judgment. They're aspects of a judgment already passed because men, women refuse to worship God. Give thanks to him. That's Romans chapter 1. That's where the principle is laid down. But now, more to the point of the text that we studied as a basis, as a reason of the things that Jude is saying here. Remember the verses we looked at in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, as well as Jude. And these passages showed that these were symptomatic sins of God's judgment upon a nation. However, these kinds of uh, immoralities and, um, and viciousness and everything you see going on in our society would not be to the stage they are if 
those who claim to be righteous live righteously. And God says, one of the major reasons for the corruption of the city are not the people who are doing the sins, that is the sinners who don't know him, but rather it's the sins of the people who profess to know him. In other words, if Christians lived righteously and spoke out against sin and corruption and immorality in meaningful ways, especially by living righteously themselves, rather than by absorbing the standards and the mores of a fallen culture, we would not have the decay in our society that we have. Why? Because the salt would be being rubbed into the community. Right now, for the most part, the salt is still in the shaker. The light is still hidden under a bushel. We only shine when we come to church and we only take out the salt when we sit around the table with other Christians where we don't need it. That's the underlying principle that both Jude and Ezekiel and Jeremiah is teaching. Now, let's go to verse 8 of Jude. Verses 8, 9, 10, and 11 describes for us the kind of judgment that comes upon individuals who do not live righteous lives, who profess to, live, to be righteous but do not live righteous lives. He applies these lessons of judgment from the history of Israel the fallen angels and the people of Sodom and Gomorrah to godless men who creep unawares into the midst of God's people and distort and deny the faith once for all delivered to the saints, not only by what they preach, but also by the way they live. And in so doing, Verse 4 of Jude tells us, they changed the grace of our God into a license for immorality and they denied Jesus Christ, the only sovereign and Lord. How do they deny him? Not necessarily through what they preach, but by the way they live. You can deny the faith once delivered to the saints by the way you live, not only by what you preach. That's what Jude is saying. Now he identifies these men, look at your text now, as deceivers. They sneak into churches. That's the word, they sneak into churches. They pervert the gospel and they live immoral lifestyle. They change the grace of God into license for immorality. Oh, God will forgive me. So it's all right if I commit adultery, if I commit fornication, if I show greed and all of this. God will forgive me. God is a gracious God. They turn the grace of God into a license for immorality. And inwardly, they reject both Christ as Savior and as Lord although they give him lip service outwardly. Look at verse 8. Here's what Jude says. Verse 8, Jude. 
in the very same way these notice the word now dreamers pollute their own bodies they reject authority and they slander celestial beings this is a vivid description of what is going around in Christendom today by people who claim to know the name of Christ notice what it says in the same way this means the same way as the children of Israel when they rebelled the same way as the fallen of angels when they rebelled and went after strange flesh the same way as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah when they did what they did in the same way these men who profess to be teachers of the Word of God these men these dreamers corrupt the church of which they are part now the word for dream here is not the word that refers to the clear well thought out and purposeful dreams through which God spoke to the Old Testament prophets and so he isn't talking about those kinds of dreams the word for dream here is a word that refers to a confused state of mind that distorts truth and reality it is only things that float in the head with no real foundation these are the dreams such false teachers share with others as visions these are visions they say God has given me for my ministry and they entice others to buy into it that's what this idea of dreamers here now I can give you many examples today I can call names But some of you will be uncomfortable if I do that. Oh. <laughs> but let me give you one that none of you will disagree with. Jim Jones. He was a dreamer. And he shared his dream and his vision with thousands of people. At least a thousand of them went with him to a Thank you. I was looking for another word, Guyana. Beautiful, supposed to be a beautiful plush land, a garden in Guyana. And his dream led to the suicide murder of at least a thousand people. Now that's an extreme. But you have other dreamers who would lead people because of these crazy things in their mind not founded or grounded on the Word of God but because they say it's a dream it's a vision from God everybody picks up and follows them now not all go to that extreme but the point is if spiritual discernment and a strong commitment to the Word of God are willingly replaced by a blind trust and faith in a man who is or woman who has turned away from the truth it can lead to that point it can lead to people giving up their homes just to fund the ministry it can lead to husbands and wives leaving one another just to follow a prophet because he wants to tell them what to do and what not to do because of his dream 
When the Bible says where there's no vision, the people perished according to the King James Version, it doesn't mean where there's no, where there's no big idea, the people are not going to do well, so you better follow the person with the big idea. It doesn't mean that. It means where there's no revelation from God, the people go astray by doing their own thing. That's what it means. And that's what's happening. And people do not have the word of God to guide them. They guide themselves or allow people who don't have the word to guide them and they go astray. That's the teaching of the word. Jude is stressing the fact that we must always be contending for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, not to a person who believes that he has the sole contact with God and his truth. God's people need this warning in these days in which we live because there are many false teachers and prophets going around and they are on the increase. Jesus said, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. You know, I mentioned this last week, the word Christ means anointed. People, many will come in the day saying, I am anointed. Now, are we having that today or not? Jesus said, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. But many are because of following the dreamers that Jude is talking about. I want you to understand, Jude wrote this over 2,000 years ago and it's coming true today. Are you listening? Am I listening? The same way with the Pope and what he is saying now about one world government and one world economic condition. Are we listening? That's the word of God. This tells me that God wrote this Bible and we better listen to it. Now, Jude continues now. He says they pollute their bodies. The King James Version says they defile the flesh. Jude is once more alluding to the similarity of false teachers with the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. If it's one type of sin that destroys the person in the ministry today, it's the sin of immorality, fornication, adultery, homosexuality and things like that's what destroys ministries today defiling the flesh going after which that things that do not belong to them the same way the angels did it the same way the people in Sodom and Gomorrah did it going after strange flesh things that you're not supposed to be doing Now outwardly, publicly, these folk, James is right, or Jude is writing about, man, they're nice. They dress nice. They go around in nice cars. They got nice homes. That's outwardly. But privately and inwardly, their lives are corrupt and immoral. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what Jude is saying here. They even preach out quite strongly and fervently about immorality. You remember the guy? I'm not going to name names. I could. Who got into the for public television and he cried and he confessed. He was preaching out about prostitution and all of that. Guess what happened? He got caught with a prostitute. 
Here the guy, the guy, the leader of one of the greatest, the largest evangelical organizations in the United States speaking out about homosexuality. And he commits homosexuality. Look at the list. It's going down all the way. All of these are fulfillment of what Jude is saying. We only see the big ones. They defile the flesh. They indulge in all kinds of things that they preach about. Adultery, pornography, fornication, sodomy. By the way, that's homosexuality. That's the nice word for sodomy today. Incest. These are all of the sins that defile the body. And they're not just happening amongst the sinners who don't know Christ. They're happening amongst those who claim to know Christ as Savior. And becoming more and more. But the thing is, we only get those who are caught. How many more are not caught? Yet. See, Jude's point is they'll never get away with it. Because God's judgment will follow them. That's his point here. But now, notice, not only do they pollute their bodies through immorality, but Jews says they reject authority. That's what the fallen angels did. God put them in a safe, in a certain place, you stay here. No, we're going down here. God's judge them for it. He will judge all false teachers the same way as Jude's point. But the point is, they reject authority. Why? Because they see themselves as authority. You have men preaching today doctrines that claim to be the word of God. You can't find anywhere in the word of God. I heard a message the other day and I listened to it because I wanted to know what I was preaching about with a well-known preacher. He said, now I'm going to give you five secrets to getting the anointment. The, not anointment, anointing. I guess it's anointment too, eh? Five secrets to get the anointing. And he went to a passage and anointing didn't even mention. But he found five secrets to getting it. And now he said, all you got to do to be sure is to send some seed money. And those five secrets will be yours. And people are buying into it. Probably some of you sent some money to it. They deny authority. They are authority on themselves. They go on. It says they slander celestial beings. Another version says they revile against angelic majesties. The literal translation is they are always blaspheming glories. Now I personally believe this has to do with the use of the word of God. Because... Um, Christ's glories and the glories of Christ are revealed in the faith once for all delivered to the saints. And I think in context it tells us that they're blaspheming the word of God through their false teaching. Personally. But still the underlying, underlying truth here is that they have no respect for, for authorities. Even angelic authorities. And then Jude does a strange thing. He uses an illustration of Michael. This is what he says in verse 9. But even the archangel Michael, 
when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, what Jude is trying to do here is saying that even powerful good angels, be careful how they address some of the bad angels, especially Satan. Michael, probably one of the greatest good angels, didn't dare to confront Satan face to face. That's what he says here. He says, no, sir, I'm not going to confront him face to face. I'm going to let Jesus do that. That's what he says. Notice, the Lord rebuke you. Not me. The Lord rebuke you. You see, what he's trying to show is that there's some things we need to show respect for. Especially angelic powers. Now, we do not realize the, the spiritual conflict that is going on all around us between the spiritual good angels and the spiritual bad angels. It's going on all the time. Of course, some of us go to extremes. Someone like Neil Anderson. He believes that everything going wrong in your life is the devil. You have a bad thought, that's the devil. You have a, something you temptate, that's the devil. That ain't the devil. That's your flesh. That's you. You blame everything on the devil. The devil made me do it. You remember what's his name? The devil made me do it. No, it ain't the devil you got to cast out many times. It's just your own evil self and your own evil flesh and your own evil lust. That's all. But we believe today, demons are all around. Now they are, but they're not responsible for everything that's going on in our life either. But when they are, we got to know how to face them. Today we have people, Jesus has given me authority, I could say anything, get away, I deny you, I do this, I do that. That's a bunch of foolishness. It's a bunch of foolishness. Do you remember Sceva? Was that the name of the seven sons? The seven sons of Sceva? They won't be like Paul and them. Casting out demons. And so they try it. They got beat up. The devil beat them up. Paul I know. Peter I know. But who are you? We have a lot of Christians going around today talking about spiritual warfare. Let's go look for the devil and beat him up. Let's go look for these demons and beat them up. That's nonsense. Nowhere in the scriptures you have the church chasing after demons. Is the other way around. The church is always told to stand its ground, not to give, put on the full armor of God, what? To stand. When it talks about the church, it says the gates of hell will not prevail. It's not that the church will not prevail against the gates. No, 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 it's the other way around. They're attacking us. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil and he will free for you. But you know what came before that? Submit to God. If you don't submit to God, you can resist the devil all you like, but all you're going to do is get beat up. But if you submit yourself to God, and then in his strength and his power, resist the devil, he will flee. That's what happened here with Michael the archangel. He submitted himself to God, and he got victory. He got victory. 
because he left it. And you see, that's what's going on today. They're getting this idea that you have all the authority you need to do everything. You don't really need Christ anymore. All you need is my secrets, my teachings. Read Neil Anderson's book. He'd give you all the prayers to say to cast out all the demons for generations in your family. And he makes the statement, the blood of Jesus Christ didn't cover it. The only way you could do is by naming it and getting rid of it. That's foolishness. That's not according to the word of God. That's what Judah's talking about. Dreamers coming up at all of these kinds of teachings. He says, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord has said, and he buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. That's what they were fighting about. The body of Moses. Nobody knows where Moses was buried. Why do you think the devil wanted to get a hold of the body? Well, you know, Moses was seen by the disciples, right? Well, at least some of them, in the transfiguration. Why do you think the devil wanted to get a hold of the body of Moses? What did he want to use that for? Probably to put it in a casket someplace, somebody can pe come, people can come and worship it. That's what false teachers do. They get all these little foolish relics, and they have people come to worship. Now, I can cost you something to get it, but you come. <laughs> now, we, we laugh and we grin over these things, but listen, this is what Jude is saying here are examples of God's judgment upon a people for doing the things they're doing. What we're seeing is God's judgment manifested. These people are not looking forward to the judgment of God, to already experiencing it. That's Jude's point. What they do is an evidence of judgment. God has given them up to their own will. You understand what I'm saying? That's what Romans said. He gave them up to do what they want. Listen, the worst judgment you could have is to do what you want. But now let's go on here. If Michael refused to do such a thing to fight the devil directly, how much more should we refuse to do so against church leaders, government officials, or even Satan himself? In other words, we must be careful to make sure we respect those in authority over us. All of these people didn't respect God's authority over them. And when we refuse to do that, it leads to difficulty. Now, if Michael refused to do such even against the devil himself, as I said, how much more should we refuse to do so against church leaders, government officials, or even Satan? What practical and relevant advice this is for us these days in which we live? But notice, Jude says that these people are godless people who sneak into churches and also speak abusively against whatever they do not understand. Do you know why we have so many churches today? One reason why we have so many churches in today? 
because of this very same thing. People who murmur against the leaders and leave to go start their own church. That's the kind of thing he's talking about. They murmur against those in authority over them. These are godless men and women who sneak into the church. They speak abusively against whatever authority is around them because they do not want to submit. They hide the ignorance of God's truth behind a barrage of abusive verbal attacks against the people as well as the word of God. They, by, they try to cover their spiritual ignorance by, by belittling, by belittling littling and ridiculing the word of God. But you know what God says in verse 10? What things they do not understand by extinct instinct like unreasoning animals, these are the very things that destroy them. The very thing that they attack are the things that are going to destroy them. In context, they're attacking the word of God, the truth. And the truth that they're attacking is what is going to destroy them. It means that they're going to point out their judgment. You see, here's what Peter says, talking about the same thing. Listen to this, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 10. Listen carefully now. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. He's talking about this issue of despising authority and how it's going to impact the church negatively today. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander spiritual beings, celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. This is 2 Peter 2, 10, verse 12. But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. You listen to some of those who preach on the radio or on TV today and how they handle the Word of God. They don't understand it. They don't understand it. And so they dream up. They dream up concepts. Notice now. But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like brute beasts. Now, this is the Word of God describing false teachers who use the word of God for their own profit. These are brute beasts, creatures of instinct, creatures of no reasoning, no rationality, instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. They are like beasts. They too will perish. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. The idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. They're part of the fellowship. They come out to the Lord's Supper. They break bread with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. He's talking about people who are preaching the word now. They never stop sinning. 
they seduce the unstable. And by the way, most of the times, not all the times, it's only the unstable who can be seduced and led astray. It's the weak. It's the weak, spiritually weak, who fund most of this stuff. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. Notice this now. They are experts in greed. They are professionals in greed. Another passage says that they invent evil teachings. They invent evil. And he ends up, they are experts in greed and a cursed brood. Who is he talking about? He's talking about people who abuse the faith once for all delivered to the saints. This is no light matter what we do with this. It's no light matter what we listen to when we listen to a preacher. That's no light thing to God. You could be denying the faith by listening to a preacher. You got to discern. Look at verse 11. Jude. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit in the Balaam's era. They have destroyed, they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. In other words, their destruction is sure. Their judgment is sure. Now we're going to talk about this in detail this evening. The way of Cain, Balaam's era, Korah's rebellion. They are further descriptions and characteristics of those who, although they know the truth, have rejected that truth and have turned to distorting it or denying it because of greed. All of these here, the way of Cain, prophet in the Balaam's era, Korah's rebellion have to do with individuals who tried to use, we'd say today, the ministry for their own profit, their own greed. We're going to look at it in detail tonight. But briefly, the way of Cain is man's way apart from God, doing things my way. You remember that song that um, Sinatra used to sing? That was the, one of the most biblically erroneous song ever sung. Do it my way. I had it my way. That's the way that leads to destruction. That's Cain. Cain wanted to have it his way. So Cain is man's way apart from God based on human efforts. Balaam's error is the, see, is the selling of his spiritual gifts to the highest bidder. In the words of the Apostle Paul, going after filthy lucre. Now is that going on today? Selling spiritual gifts. God has given me the gift to preaching. Come, I want you to preach to me. $5,000 a sermon. That's filthy lucre. That's going after Balaam's way. Korah's rebellion is the rejection of and opposition to God's delegated authority. Now all of these things are vividly illustrated in the times in which we live. And so this evening we're going to look at them one by one. We're not going to finish Jude today. Because you need to know what the way of Cain is today. You need to know what Balaam's way is. You need to know what Korah's rebellion is. You need to know how that applies today. That's what Jude is talking about. And when you see it, 
The way it is revealed in the faith once for all delivered to the saints, you realize that we are living in those days that Jude spoke about and that we need to be on God for what we hear and for what we do in our local churches. But that's for this evening. Bow with me in a word of prayer, please. We close here today. Father, thank you for your word. The faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Thank you for the promise that you will always cause your word to be effective. It will never return to you void, but will accomplish the purpose for which you send it forth. Lord, we pray that our eyes and our hearts may be open to receiving the truth of your word, even though sometimes it may be difficult. Lord, help us, we pray, to truly, to diligently study the faith once for all delivered to the saints, so we will not be made pray to men and women who seek to use this for their own personal profit and in so doing denying the Christ who bought them. Help us, we pray, to be men and women who know how to handle the word accurately. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.